All right, gentlemen, are we ready? Ready. Go. Hello, Internet, and welcome to another episode of Geek Fans. I am your host, Neil Porter, and I'm joined this week by the one true Ben and Mike. And uh, we are recording this on we are recording this on April the first, two thousand twenty-one. However, this is not an April Fool's, Fool's Joke episode. Neither was, in fact, the episode that went live today. Um, it just happens to be kind of... what well, my, my current release schedule is essentially I release an episode two weeks after I record it. Or we record it, I should say. Or whenever we can. It's kind of or fitting. More, yeah. It's kind of fitting that we record this particular topic on April Fool's Day, though, since this it's about true. the old womp womp or sad trombone. Or, or, I mean, what we're going to be talking about today is, uh, is our personal gaming disappointments um and how we all how each of us chooses to interpret gaming disappointments um hasn't really been clearly delineated so i'm looking forward to the conversation um, <laughs> how's that gonna work right i'm just going with the bog standard i was excited about this thing and then it was very underwhelming that's pretty much what i've got for mine too which uh is also controversial oh but ah. uh, we'll get to that uh, first signal boosts what we got so i got a couple things going on um first things um first thing is going to be uh three rivers archery because um last week i don't know if anybody's following my facebook i decided to go to bass pro to you know because i they had a recurve bow on to pick up arrows some assembly required and i'm like dad gummit you know i remember when you could buy arrows and they'd have target points on them and that was it um back in my day um <laughs> dad gummit obligatory obligatory right yeah well you know it's gonna happen i gotta just you know, throw might a as well few choose. you know whippersnappers right well i might as well you know i might might as well choose when it happens so <laughs> um now i'm a big fan of traditional archery i don't like training wheels on my boat um so three rivers archery basically gets me everything i need to build my own for considerably less than the actual cost of said arrows <clears throat> so having fun know. as a fletcher are we then Oh yeah, I've got. I mean, I have. Uh, I have. I have the jigs and everything. I just right now. I just need scissors. I've got the fletching tape. I've got the glue. All that stuff. And again, costs less than fifty six dollars for half a dozen arrows. Let me tell you. So, um, so yeah, that's my that's my first one. My second one. Uh, actually, I have three this week. Uh, my second one is uh, <laughs> my time at Porsche, uh, which is a great only quasi-violent game in that you mostly uh you know kill like um mutated creatures not other people uh you're actually a builder in a little town called Porsche, uh which is on the edge of the frontier it's a post-apocalyptic game um but it's a post-apocalyptic recovery game as opposed to you know mad max were riding the waste and you know in souped up cars and bondage gear well it's more uh, sort of just after the end mm -hmm. it's like fallout 2 mm, but it's more but it, you know it's less about there's no there's it's less about the gunplay yeah. more about hey i need these resources to build these things um it's kind of like life in a small town that has ruins that you go into and dig stuff up um and you know and fight you know mutants in in you know certain areas um and my time at porsche has a sequel coming out uh called my time at rock sand now originally it was sand rock but there's an artist in the eu who was a little tetchy about uh, about copyrights with that so rather than just doing it one name here in the u.s one name in the U eu because that's never come back to bite anyone. So they just um, completely change the whole thing. Finally, my third one, and hopefully this is this can go public uh, by the time it goes out. So Neil, I may have to talk to you about editing this appropriately. Okay. Um, but otherwise, um, there's a group called Pages and Pie, uh, and this is my personal signal boost. 
they are doing basically a, a pop-up event at Pythian Castle um, on May the 15th. Uh, I'll be speaking on basically using your setting as a character, um, you know, as a, like a character in, uh, in, you know, urban fantasy and young adult, um, you know, you know, um, books and novels and things like that. Um, I will likely try to be there to, uh, record it as well in case it, if they don't have some sort of recording set up, but Ben and I are working with on, on that. And this whole thing might not, well, we have another episode in the can that, is already we're already really out of order so by the time this is coming out it should only be like a week or so away i doubt they're gonna care about an nda but check with them on that but then... right yeah well she only wanted me to wait one week. it's been about that so yeah. uh, come saturday so yeah pages and pie they're uh they're a self uh they're a self-publishing assistance company they can help you with formatting and things like that uh and uh so but, you know but as far as far as i'm seeing they don't take the they don't take the rights or anything like that I mean, I'm not seeing them doing anything shady. Otherwise, I wouldn't be showing up at their events. So, fair enough. So that's me. So instead of having practically nothing, you you have way more than everyone else. I like it. <laughs> All right, Mike, go. Uh, mine's pretty straightforward. Um, there's a uh, there's a slight uh, site called SlyFlourish.com, um, which is a uh, D&D blog resource pool kind of thing. Um, uh, as the you know the name implies because that was a uh, was a rogue ability from the from the much reviled fourth edition which incidentally is the first edition i actually played proper dnd i played a little bit of rpgs before that but um it's kind of interesting <laughs> joining played the one that, uh, that was like the, the least popular overall but um <clears throat> yeah it's for uh yeah it's it's for different um just good general advice um of course you know there's some specific stuff as far as like adventure paths and stuff or for fifth edition um but there's just a good variety of stuff there um from just good reference stuff articles and um here's a section for people getting started and um just a just a nice little condensed um set of uh of resources um it's kind of i guess there's too much breath to really just quickly surmise uh, summarize it but yeah it's worth a look um there's, you know, there obviously there's a ton of different things you can find online for D and D and RPGs in general, but I found that's it's one of the uh, it's one of the more useful ones that's got a lot of stuff and one handy link, so it's worth checking out. That's on on YouTube. It's a it's it's its own website. I yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a there there's probably a YouTube channel, but uh, I'm just talking about the site slyflourish.com. <clears throat> it's there the uh, guy has um, done some some books and or and contributed to some uh, like the the lazy dungeon master and return of the lazy dungeon master are his primary <laughs> claims to fame right which is one of those kind of like uh counterintuitive or somewhat ironic titles because it's basically about like being able to uh get more out of less prep not necessarily trying to be lazy just right. not you know over preparing or uh preparing preparing <laughs> preparing like like spending time basically not spending time on the stuff that doesn't really matter because right. you know you could put a lot of time into it but if you don't put a lot of time into the right stuff then it's not really going to matter looks interesting especially if you like fifth ed which not my particular cup of tea but which I, i'm not i don't disparage anyone who does it's just well believe me not my favorite uh not my favorite for, for my favorite format well you know, and I can forgive you for loving Path uh, Mathfinder because I've had to calculate Thacko. <laughs> <laughs> I I did uh, that. The uh, the game that I ran for you guys was originally an AD and D book that I actually had to convert. I had done a fair bit of of Thacko to AC conversion for that for that uh, game before it dissolved. So 
Well, whenever you're at uh, you're at a super high level, then things are going to obviously be exponentially more like you know complicated. It's true. Things got things got weird. And that's I, one. Of, that's one of the yeah. things I like about fifth edition is that even at an insane level, it's manageable. It doesn't and, get out of control. And I understand that people like that sort of thing. It's not my cup of tea. That's actually the main thing. I I don't. I like the fact that you can't go crazy. But then I'm kind of. I, I've discovered. I've discovered more and more that I'm a touch of a power gamer. Uh, so the more math, the better. Give me all the numbers. Uh, for my signal boost, um, I will uh, recommend for people who are old enough to watch it. Um, Invincible on. Is that uh, a bit his old joke? No, that's a. I wouldn't recommend it to people. I wouldn't recommend it's. It's not your average. It, it's not a comic books are. It, it's not a comic book uh, show for kids. Yeah, he's saying viewer discretion that. advised. Trigger warning, gore. But it's really well done. Like it. It. It's. Uh, it's an. It's called invincible. The gore or the overall. <laughs> the gore is actually pretty well done too, honestly. But um, it, it's isn't that Robert Kirkman that did uh, that wrote that the Walking Dead guy. I don't know. If I if I can ever manage, it's called Invincible on Amazon Prime because I never actually got the title out. Um, like, no, I had, a, I had a buddy that had um, like a lot yes, of yes, Robert Kirkman omnibus of it uh, of a whole mm-hmm. lot of it, and so I I read a crap ton of it, almost almost the whole run. Yeah, it's really good because it's it's adopted it's adapted from the Image Comics uh, stories of the same name. Although the character Invincible Invincible made his first appearance. In Savage Dragon number 102. Because <laughs> wow, everybody loves the Savage Dragon. <laughs> I remember there's a, a cartoon show of that. Savage but uh, yeah, so um, it's a really good, it's, it's, it's really enjoyable. Um, there's a lot of, it, it's young teen comes into his powers. Oh yeah, by the way, his dad is, the, is an XP of Superman named Omni-Man. But to say pretty much anything else would... Uh, very quickly oh, devolve into spoilers. Um, yeah. Hijinks ensue. Hijinks ensue. There is a fair bit of uh, bloody violent damage. Um, that's it, it, the first episode. Actually, is fine up until the post credit scene. Because yes, there's a post credit scene in every episode. I've watched. I've only watched the first two episodes so far because that's all I've had time for. But uh, good stuff. Um, also, I should. I'm going to signal boost this website. Th- this podcast's Patreon. I am in the process of reworking the Patreon, um, the campaign. When I first started the 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 Patreon and the podcast five years ago, um, yeah, we've been doing this for five years. Um, I had different ideas of, of what we were going to be doing and the sort of content that I was going to be creating. I had more energy back then and was trying to write a book, and that's really fallen by the wayside and probably, I mean, it's still knocking around in my head, but I ain't got time. Um, nobody got time for that. Says the professional writer. Uh, <laughs> but um, there's going to start being posts on the Patreon again soon. That will be uh, that that will be uh, patron exclusive. I'm still trying to work out exactly how we're how I'm going to be putting things on tiers and monetization and such along those lines. But keep an eye on that. It's at uh, Patreon.com/slash/WorkingTheory, which is another problem because it really should have been work slash Geek Fanthology. But I'm not going to change. I can't really change the name of the Patreon at this point. I'm not going to start another one because that'd be weird. Because um, Working Theory Prediction pr- Productions is the name of the company that working theory predictions. working theory productions <laughs> that's right oh, yeah, you originally is working theory predictions is what i heard you say uh no productions we know so in any case <laughs> um 
So keep an eye open for that. Um, right now, the all of the levels say we're changing things around. Please, be, please be patient. Um, which confused the heck out of the two um, patrons we currently have. The only one I, I left in there was our sponsorship uh, level, which we have a sponsorship level. If you want to get me to say something on the podcast every episode, you can pay me to do that. That's kind of how a sponsorship works. It's exactly how right. a sponsorship works. <laughs> um, we have our morals. We will just, it, it takes money. Yeah, well, and, and any sponsorship that is paid for, like, I have I have the right to say, no, I'm not going to say that and give you your money back. But uh, Yeah, it's not like you're going to be, like, sponsoring organ sales or something. I mean, yeah, no. Within reason. I have right of, uh, essentially, it, at that Patreon level, I have right of rejection. Um, so, which is why it's not paid, which is why you don't pay up front. You pay, it's, it's just the monthly thing. <laughs> Anyhow, um, right. Spoiler. Spoiler of the Spoiler. week. Um, tell you what game I was really let down by. That was real life 2020 edition. <laughs> um, now the graphics were pretty good. I'll, I'll grant that. But the, uh, the, the main storyline was really kind of dull. The, the quests were primarily stay inside, wear a mask wash your hands and that got old after a while suffered from a lack of play testing yes yeah and you know nobody could could decide who the main villain was and there were a lot of bugs yeah <laughs> all right so shit um gaming disappointments this were games that we were looking forward to that uh, by which we were disappointed um i don't know how many of each of those, these we have for each of us but uh who wants to start well, I'll jump in because I noticed a trend when I was curating my list here. Um, <clears throat> a lot of a lot of sequels to original games that were disappointments from the various early from the very earliest uh, gaming days of yore, like back to the original Nintendo for me. So like Super Mario Brothers two, which wasn't really a real Super Mario Brothers game. It was as you was mentioned, Doki Doki Panic, Doki Doki Panic um, reskinned, which was completely different and weird and didn't feel like Mario. Uh, now I know why. Uh, aside <laughs> from the, <laughs> the obvious, just you know, sheer. Which is funny because it, it it's introduced so many characters and and enemies that are now Iconic. staples of of yes. uh, of Mario. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, but yeah. Uh, and it's weird too because like um, the other the other one um, that immediately came to mind was also iconic Nintendo franchise sullied by subpar sequel, which is Legend of Zelda: Link's Adventure or Adventures of Link, uh, which was like a side-scrolling game that was way too fucking hard. Uh, it was just ridiculously difficult and could not get that far in it, and the gameplay just didn't seem terribly um, compelling. <laughs> and it had this, like, uh, it was just very repetitive and kind of tedious. And like, you'd go into these little village areas and there was like nothing there. It was just like a blank screen with an occasional, like, you know, identical building. And there'd be yeah. like a person that you have like one line of dialogue. And yes, I know it's the original Nintendo, but it's like it, the original Nintendo pulled off like actual RPGs. I mean, it had Final Fantasy, it had Dragon Warrior, uh, and it had other things that had RPG elements like Star Tropics. So it's like, it's not like they couldn't do it. it they just really didn't do it at all. <laughs> to, to, offer, uh, to offer a point of sort of devil's advocate, while I definitely do agree with, for you, uh, with you for, uh, for the most part on Zelda 2, one, one point that I really do want to give it credit for is it's the, the theme for the temples is some of the best dungeon music 
in Zelda, in my opinion. I have to go back and listen. It's been forever. Yeah, it's really a lot of the music good. is just like kind of a kind of a blur when it comes to like what Zelda game um like is that, the originator for what yeah. particular tracks, you know? That that's very fair, but I take a listen to the to the to the temple music, which was the you know, the dungeons, because it is really solidly good. Also, another funny trend is that then the game after that was extremely good. Like Super Mario Brothers 3 is one of the best Mario Brothers games of all time. And Mm -hmm. the next Zelda game was uh, Link to the Past for Super Nintendo, which is still probably my personal favorite. Um, Although Breath of the Wild is amazing. It's either my favorite or second favorite after like it. it, it, uh, Link to the Past is for me tied with uh, Majora's Mask. So yeah, um, a lot of a lot of lackluster sequels, which you know, I mean, that's just a general thing. Um, you see that with all sorts of stuff, movies and books and whatever. But um, yeah, those are the first things that came to me, or just those immediate um, <laughs> disappointing sequels. I got other stuff, but uh, you know, let's go around the old proverbial I, table. I can. Uh, I've, I've got two big ones. One of which is. Ooh, the controversy. So we're saving it for last, so I can tantalize and don't over, don't oversell it because you're going to say it, and then I'm like, eh, eh um, I didn't find that controversy. But right. I'll tell you again, I, I, to to kind of piggyback on what you were saying with sequels that were disappointing. Yeah, I was incredibly, incredibly disappointed with Chrono Cross on the. On oh the yes, I completely forgot about that. I agree. And the thing is, I heard it was so good, and I'm like, what? Is this the thing game people are talking about? So here's here's my thing with Chrono Cross. It's a pretty good game for the most part, with a few issues. What it really isn't, and this was and this is my main point of disappointment, is that it is in no way a legitimate successor to Chrono Trigger. It does not deserve the Chrono name. Yeah, mainly I mean, because was it was an entirely connection? fucking different game. I was gonna say, does, was there any connection there? Like, I didn't, I didn't get that. It seemed like a branding thing, like a, no, like true, a bait Chrono. and switch. So what had happened there was there was a game that was a sequel to Chrono Trigger called Radical Dreamers. Um, that it was, it was more, it, it was a smaller, like little sort of epi- little thing. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm misspeaking. I'm misspeaking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me get this this story straight. There was get a game called straight. yeah. There was a game called Radical Dreamers, um, uh, which uh, was not a sequel to Chrono Trigger. That's that's where I'm getting it backwards. I apologize. Um, at the same time, um, people were trying to make a sequel to Chrono Trigger, or maybe I'm still wrong. No, it looks like Chrono, Chrono like Radical Dreamers was intended as a side story. I'm looking, I'm reading things as I go, of course. It was on the Nintendo Satellaview, the Super Famicom Satellaview. Um, Radical Dreamers then got sort of adapted into, um, into Chrono Cross. The real problem is, it's just, it, it, like, Chrono Trigger is in my top five favorite games of all time. So, obviously, it, it's got a real high, it, it, that's a high bar to hurdle. I understand that. and. It really seemed like they made a game and then they just slapped the Chrono name on it um, and made a version of Lavos the final boss. Oh, by the way, that's totally uh, that's totally an episode. Episode material right there is the most blatant, like slapping the name of something on something to sell a shitty product. That's that's an episode. That is absolutely an episode. You I, right. I, that that made me think of the most gratuitous example of that in gaming I can think of, which is <laughs> um, game a James Bond 
uh, themed game that they titled Golden Eye well after the actual Golden Eye from 1997 from Nintendo 64. And it was like the premise was like, oh, you get to play as a Bond villain this time. You're a rogue type. And you literally <laughs> have an eye that is made out of gold. Therefore, a golden eye is a cheap, stupid excuse to name the game a golden eye to get a bunch of people that aren't paying attention to buy it. It's like back in the day when video stores were still a thing and you'd look at VHSs and there'd be like a cheap like knockoff of like a major budget movie that was like <laughs> thrown together for 10 bucks in some back alley somewhere. And oh, you they still just get hope that, that you wouldn't notice that you it still wasn't get that the actual movie. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's the spiritual successor to that bullshit, isn't it? Yeah, because you get a bunch of very cheaply made... Um, it's like knockoff Godzilla movie. Or very cheaply made cgi uh movies that are yeah that, that are very obviously pre- hoping that some that some grandma somewhere will confuse them with shrek or ice age or something like from knock off fast and furious yeah <laughs> yeah like action movies and disaster movies and stuff bit of a digression but mm-hmm. you know but yeah so chrono cross in and of itself i think was not a bad game but this was coming this this was me champing at the bit to play more chrono because chrono once again chrono trigger one of my favorite games it's kind of short for a jrpg it's only about a 20 hour playthrough which means i had played i have played it several endings Sunday. i've gotten all of the possible endings in that game yep i have i have 100% completed chrono trigger um i the, the, the there was the the, the one time I realized I've probably been playing too many video games was the day that I spent 12 hours straight playing Chrono Trigger and I could still see the game when I closed my eyes. <laughs> it's a battle screen um, on the on the, the, the I don't think it was called Mount Doom, but the, the mountain area where you go up to uh to try and revive Chrono at the end of the game. And yeah, whatever, spoilers. It's a 20-something-year-old game 1994, now. I believe. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a statute of limitations on spoilers, and that's why the spoiler of the week in, in, exists. Um, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 94, because uh, I think Secret of Evermore is 95, and it came out just before that, if I recall it, correctly. Yeah, but I, I love Chrono Trigger, and, and Chrono Cross just it didn't scratch that itch. And it seemed like really what they did was they made an entirely different game and then slapped a chrono c- coat of paint on, on it at the end to try and cash in on name recognition. Well, that's a that's a thing about tonight's uh, material is it's not just it's not necessarily just the, the worst games, although there's plenty of that. A lot of it is just like um, expectations and not being met, you know, and like, yeah. you know. Uh, just how things head. are portrayed and marketed and sold and everything else. Yeah, when like we've had things like D- didn't live up to the hype before, which I feel like we've done recently, or maybe this was what I was calling didn't live up to the hype. But um, it's it's not necessarily something that wasn't good. It just good like it it fell flat because of something else. Oh, there's universal disappointments, and then there's your personal subjective disappointment. And a lot of those overlap, but yeah. uh, it is still technically our individual biggest gaming disappointment. Indeed. And, I, and like I said, I've got another one, but it's Ben's turn to talk now. I'm hoping I'm not stealing yours, um, because mine is, you know, where they tried to change. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no there's no rule that we can't have some of these in common. We're going yeah. to write it down. I, I agreed with pretty much everything that, that Mike said. I just... That was his turn. Um, 
But yeah, my biggest disappointment was Fallout 70. That's not a controversial take. Yeah, okay. that's definitely uh, near the top of many lists on the internet, I'm sure. Right, right. Um, I mean, for me, I've been a fan of Fallout since it came out. Uh, you know, and uh, I like you know, Fallout Boys. I like Fallout so much. Incidentally, isn't that around the same? When did the first Fallout came out? I want to say around the same time Chrono Trigger did, like early to mid nineties. Find out. I want to say mid nineties. Chrono Trigger came out in nineteen ninety five. Ah, uh, it's close. And Fallout, the original, was ninety seven. Ah, a post nuclear role playing game. Same By the way, I I really miss games that had title additional title that no one remembers the additional title of like it's called a subtitle yes i know shut up um but <laughs> slow like, me down if i'm throwing too much jargon at you like fallout <laughs> a post a post nuclear role-playing game or like thief the dark project which most people just know of as thief which gets really confusing because then they made a game that was just called yeah, the reboot thief, that didn't have a subtitle. which was a reboot that wasn't <laughs> you have thief, to start the throwing dark year project. numbers in there yeah like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the full name is Fallout, yeah. a post-nuclear role-playing game, but no one remembers that because it was just Fallout. Well, how's this for a deep cut? Lufia 2, Rise of the Sinistrals. Man, that's such a good game. It's a fucking great game, man. It is fan-tucking-fastic. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Fallout, Fallout 76, I mean, I mean, good premise, you know, good setting, uh, potentially good setting. Um, Apparently they you- added people to it. Recently. Yeah, they have, and I've played it since <laughs> that's come out, and it's a little better, but it's it's like it was designed by an economist, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and, or, you know, and not so much a... Face the mic, please. Yeah, basically, because it's, you know, how many how many microtransactions build into... This? Well, that's because it was, it was, it was cashing in on the live service mm-hmm. um, craze, right? which... Thankfully, seems to be kind of dying down somewhat, although it's all mostly because so many live services have crashed and burned at this point, like Anthem and The Avengers and Fallout 76. And uh, I could probably go on <laughs> Destiny 2 for a yeah. while. Um, yeah, um, Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, well, it was like it was like it was trying to be a micro Lord of the Rings Shadow of War. Right, it was like it's trying to be a micro MMR, you know, uh, yeah. and failed miserably at that. You know? Face your well, mic I mean, a little bit more, please, Ben. You're you're not picking up very well. Um, you know, it, it was it was trying to be, you know, oh, we'll just do it on small servers. Yeah, you know, there's people, you know, you, you, each other, and they had some good ideas, but not enough to really make it work the way they needed. You know, yeah. Sometimes <clears throat> when a game can't pick a lane, it it suffers. You know, just mm-hmm. in and of that. Uh, and then, of course, I mean, if you let's say hypothetically you have unlimited funds and you can buy all the things forever whenever you want, um, it would still be a shitty game, right? Exactly. So it's it like that doesn't even <laughs> doesn't even really the, you know, that's beside right. the point. Well, I and, mean, it's insult to injury, of course. They're trying to squeeze money out of you all the time when it's a shit game still. Right. Well, and the other thing about it is that, um, you know, Fallout 76, one of the things that they got, you know, they got rid of. You can't fast travel unless you're willing to pay. 
you know and i'm like what that reminds me of uh star wars old republic's initial approach to free to play it's like hey we're gonna just like kneecap you in a bunch of creative ways and if you want to not have your bleeding knees and be dragging mm -hmm. yourself across the floor slowly then pay us this money yeah, as opposed right? to more successful models like neverwinter or the secret world or something where it's like hey uh here's a base game that is perfectly enjoyable and then hey do you want some more stuff or cool stuff to look at or support us mm -hmm. or all the above uh here's options to do that I got up to level thirty in Star in uh, in Swodor the hard way. <laughs> well, I, I played it back before it went free to play, so it wasn't even really mm -hmm. a thing for me. And then uh, a friend of mine, um, a friend of mine, played it and was like, "I enjoyed this game," and paid for a subscription and did what I did over the course of a month of college when I was playing video games anytime I wasn't asleep or in class, mm -hmm. and I skipped a lot of classes to continue playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> um he did what i did in like a month in a week i was like yeah fuck this shit mm -hmm. which feels bad because my cousin rob works on the game <laughs> and even now i mean with the new one you can set up your own private server that you don't you know that just some rando can't walk into if you buy a subscription and it also gives we're you back to 76 at this point by the way in case people weren't following the, the... Right, because my disappointment on with this game knows no bounds mm -hmm. <laughs> um you know and in playing it, I mean, it's really tough to uh, to level up, right? So I'm still a little unclear on what the game was trying to be. Like, it's not an MMO, but it's not like a traditional RPG either. Like, what was right. it trying to be? I don't get it. That was um, part of the problem. Congratulations, yeah. you've assessed it. Yeah, they, they didn't. <laughs> that know pretty much sums it up, huh? Yeah, they yeah. were trying to be a mini MMO. They were also trying to cash in on Fallout. Um, but the thing is, is that. This is the well, other weird part about it is that uh -huh. instead of going forward like every other Fallout game did, they went backward. They went, they started 25 years after. Yeah, what I think they were trying to go for, kind of, mm -hmm. was, and I like actually really liked only 25 years after the bomb drops. That's that's interesting stuff. That that's that is fertile. That is that is untilled soil that you can play with um, right. from a story perspective. But what they were essentially trying to do, as I understand it, Mike was they were trying to go for um, pseudo-MMO style, kind of like um, like Age of Conan, or uh, like... Guild Wars? Or DayZ, or kind of like Guild Wars, where you had essentially... Um, now, Guild Wars, I don't know, like, I never played the original Guild Wars, and Guild Wars 2 definitely wasn't really like this, but essentially the idea was, okay, you got, you're on a server with probably about 30 to 60 people, and you make, and you make your own content by... Oh, you no, know, that's you've not, built that's not Guild Wars at all. No. You've built up your settlement and other people, and you can go raid other people's settlements. And it sounds other like people PvP might Conan yours. Exiles. Yeah, that like it's it's yeah, it wasn't Age of Conan. Sorry, it was Conan Exiles. Yeah, Age of Conan was an actual MMO. Sorry, um, or uh, or Rust. Yeah, um, is another. So it's kind of like a survival game, which you would think. Like, on paper, it sounds good because it's like post-apocalyptic survival. Ooh, but yeah, no, it it, it does in fact sound good on paper, but um, it fell flat flat on execution because the people at Bethesda didn't um actually understand what it was that made the Fallout games good, which was wasn't the story. that like some, <clears throat> was that some other studio anyway, like Zenimax or something? That no, no, it was it was it was Bethesda. Oh, okay, that was just the publisher, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> And, and you know the thing with the thing with Fallout seventy six was it didn't know what it wanted to be, and the things that it you know when it kind of went in a direction, it still did not do it as well. Writing yeah. as 
you know, decent, but you know, you're still, they don't have enough NPCs. You have like half a dozen, you know, it feels like. And they, yeah. they didn't, this did not, you know, because it doesn't feel like there's one main villain all the way through. Yeah. You know, because there's not a story. Right. Exactly. You're supposed to be making up your story. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and that's what, and that's why it failed as a game. I, I, I will, I am happy to, to, join with you on in dunking on fallout 76 right i mean because fallout one you had the master you know mm-hmm. you start off after his chip but then you find out oh this is where all super mutants come from mm-hmm. fallout two you had the enclave yep fallout three also the enclave <laughs> but, but, um, but this was on, but this was on the east coast so right, the east coast enclave yep. um you know uh new vegas you had well you had your cho- your choice depending upon which path you followed, which was yeah, a good you, one. Uh, and, and they emulated that for four because, like, even in, in New Vegas, you had you, you know Caesar's Legion was pretty obviously kind of the you know the bad guys, but you could side with them. Yeah, you could play a, you could play a Caesar's Legion you know path. You mm-hmm. play multiple paths. Fallout Four, I mean, uh, you know, yeah, Fallout Four. You could choose one side. You could choose none of them. Yep. Um, you know, but they, and they all had consequences. Um, you know, Fallout seventy six. Eh. <laughs> go know? out and enjoy, go out and 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 play in this sandbox. That's the problem. It was a sandbox game. Uh huh. That was Without any sand. That well, was that because you that was set in a, in a world that is defined primarily by its story beats. Mm-hmm. You don't get in sandbox games. Well, that and at that point. You know, at some point, the biggest enemies become the other players, which was you know. their intention, right? It was a stupid intention, and yeah, it's just tell well, us how you really without feel, the, Neil. Without, without <laughs> the structure for it, it's just a bunch of like random griefing and cheating and stuff. It's not an actual interesting player versus player experience, right? And, and there's and, plenty of games that get that mm-hmm. right. Like uh, Guild Wars is a great example. Like it has structured PvP, and it's mm-hmm. like. You know, it's actually based on like skill and strategy and stuff. It's not just like, oh, right. hey, who can sneak up on somebody or who has the most time to sink into the game? You know, Rust right. is a good example of that too because um, Eve it's, Online is it's like, super well balanced. Eve Online is hi, would you hi? Do you like spreadsheets and economies? I like math, but I don't like Eve Online. Right. I mean, but well, Eve, Eve Online, Online is all of the above. That's the thing about Eve Online. Yeah. I mean, Eve Online is definitely, um, you know, everything. <laughs> it definitely um, wins the award for a game that is most fun to read about and not actually play. Right. Yeah. It really is. I mean, it's, yeah. It's and don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not trying to be snarky. Like, I, I love what it is and what it has done mm-hmm. for like ideas and creativity and what a game can be and all that. But like, it's just not something I enjoy doing. Like I played it for a little while. I'm like, all right, so this is extremely bland and repetitive, and it's spreadsheets in space. Right. And I just just wasn't feeling it. Right. Eve Online made a really uh, made it across my news radar again recently with uh, apparently some enterprising guild um, having created indentured servants out of new players. Oh yeah, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I read about that. Basically, would, yeah, they would take them. Yeah, it's the gift that keeps on giving, like for real. I mean, credit where credits due, and just the fact that it's still going strong is very impressive because it's it launched in two thousand five. Yeah, right. It's almost well, as and, old as WoW. Right, and and the thing with that one is, is that you know nobody would have known about it except you know somebody basically, uh, you know somebody basically 
there's a group on there that rescues players like that that goes out and you know helps. Well, them you out. have like a weird, you have kind of a, like a weird marketing S and M thing going on with Eve Online, right? Because it's like it seems like the biggest word of mouth is like, oh man, there's this new creative way for people to get totally screwed over. Yeah, right. Have you heard about this new thing where like you can't do anything and people tell you what to do, or like you lose all these hours of hard work and you want to punch a hole in the wall? Like that's the stuff that gets the the word of mouth going about the game. So it's right? got this weird kind of thing going on yeah it's yeah. like it's you know it, it's like that that uh weirdly abusive relative you know that nobody talks about <laughs> you know or that everybody talks about in this case right well you know nobody talks about it until everybody talks about it then everybody knew about it yeah. you know um but yeah i mean but fallout 76 the, the other thing about it is this the thing that I, that i found depressing about it is while the setting is almost too hyper realistic um you know and again you can't fast travel you have to walk your ass everywhere unless you're w willing to spend the caps on it you know let me guess and, there's a vehicle you can get if you spend actual money uh not that i know of i have yet to run across a, a vehicle. They missed opportunity and they should have got me in that boardroom right <laughs> but you know that's the weird thing is, is there's almost no vehicles in any fallout game that's true nobody mm. can stop a highwayman though well, there is, yeah, actually, Fallout 2 is the only one that actually has a vehicle, which has you some of get the a car. You get the car. And the get car the music is so good. Oh, the car music is a freaking amazing. Just that that <laughs> steel guitar, you know. Oh, yeah, now I've got to go listen to that shit. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> There's the reason Fallout 2 is my favorite Fallout game. Yeah. Oh, and it occurs to me, I left out um, one of the shitty, um, <laughs> fitting since, since it's number two, um, sequel mm -hmm. things. Uh, Devil May Cry 2, holy crap. Original Devil May Cry game from back in the day was amazing. The sequel just inexplicably sucked. It, I should have been the one to fill your dark heart with lights! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, is that from two? It's from one, actually. Oh, okay. Oh, was that at the very end? Yeah, it was like yeah. the end. Yeah, that was that's like right up there with like uh, you, Jill, the master of unlocking. Like, <laughs> there is definitely some really cringy VA, but holy shit, what an amazing game! Right? Well, the thing is, the VA wasn't bad. Like, the the VA was fine, just the well, writing the was atrocious. Yeah, well, it's, you can only do so much with it. It's like Star Wars prequel shit, you know. Uh, but again, this follows the weird trend of like the first game is great, the second game sucks, the third game is really good again. Devil May Cry Three was really fucking good. I would like to point out that there is at least one game I can think of that bucks that trend hard: Mega Man. Mega Man 2 is, in my opinion, the best Mega Man game on the NES. I'm not too experienced in the original Mega Man game. It's just the very first one, and then I, I played all the X games, which are so damn... Well, most Blue Bomber is... Uh, is he, he, he deserves all the love you can get. Check out the Mega Man Legacy Collection on uh, whatever local system you have. I guarantee on it's out there. all the things. Yeah. And <laughs> it's basically everything. It's really good, although, man, is it harder than I remember. I don't know whether I'm worse at video games or whether I just don't have the muscle memory like I used to, but like, I don't like once upon a time when playing Mega Man 2, I could beat Quick Man's level without using, um, I can't even think of his name Continue. without using with no, without using a flash man special weapon, uh, in the laser beam of death area, which if, which people who know what I'm talking about, Know that that's ridiculous. With names like Flashman and Quickman, it doesn't bode well for all the mega women out there. I'm just saying. <laughs> but in any case, um, and then I picked it. I picked up the the Mega Man uh, Legacy Collection on my PS4. This is a about a year back now, and I mean, I still beat it. 
But I died so many times. I'm like, I don't remember this game being this hard. I think it's a combination of, uh, like you said, not having the same reflex and muscle memory that you did when you were a kid, basically. And then just like uh, playing so many other different types of games because you have so much more access to everything. I think like... For for me, uh, when Mega Man was new, like there there's like a handful of games that I had, and it was pre-internet. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like I had a bunch of different platforms and games to choose from. It's like, all right, well, I got a handful of games, and this is what I'm working on, so I'm just going to yeah. do nothing but play this thing, and you get really fucking good at it. Yeah. My earliest gaming memories of Mega Man three, which you'd think I would ha- I would like, but honestly, just two is a better game in my opinion. Mostly because Metal Blade is a lot of fun to play with. Okay, so you want to dunk more on seventy six now, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm always ready to dunk on 76. I think man. we've, uh, I think we've I think covered we, that I think we, pretty yeah, thoroughly. I think we mean okay. that more uh, By the way, I mean to be fair, it just randomly comes up in podcasts. We're just like, oh yeah, that was a thing that sucked. Like it, when it has nothing to do with the episode. Yeah, <laughs> it'll just come <laughs> up randomly. It's almost like it was poorly conceived and might have put the nail in the coffin of Fallout games, which might, disappoints. Well, I don't know. Didn't Remember? it come out before Fallout Four? No. no, it came out after. It came out way after. Oh, really? Yeah. Bethesda hasn't been making, hasn't had any buzz about anything else recently. Mm. So, so let's see. Fallout Four is twenty sixteen. When did Fallout seventy six come out? Twenty eight. Oh wow. It it both feels. I don't know. It feels like it's been longer. I don't know why. But not as long. <laughs> so, yeah. um, we've been talking for about an hour. So I suppose I can, uh, I can get in, get in, get in my controversy now. Go for let's it. Let's get controversial. My biggest gaming disappointment is final fantasy 7 <laughs> you mean the original game or the remake i haven't played final fantasy 7 remake so i, I played the you. demo it seemed okay it, like it seemed okay um no i'm talking about the original final so fantasy 7 us a picture here just a lot of hype that led up to it or like what made it such a disappointment for you so here, here's the thing you ask you do a poll of of a thousand people who have played who have played final fantasy game and I'd be willing to say probably 75% or so will say that Final Fantasy VII is their, is their favorite one. And they're wrong. They are. Final Fantasy VI is the, is, is the best one. Now, right. they can, Final Fantasy VII can be your favorite one, but a lot of the times they don't say which one's your favorite Final Fantasy game. They say which one's the best. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair. And I can understand nostalgia goggles over Final Fantasy VII because it was a lot of people's first Final Fantasy. I, I, I get that. But <laughs> hey, my first was the original, and God knows I'd never say that's the best. Yeah, my right. Favorite. My first was yeah. four. Yeah, you know, we rented it from Blockbuster. My first, my first Final Fantasy game was five, which does have a special place in my heart. But mm-hmm. um, is uh, like Final Fantasy VI is one of the best games ever made. But um, Final Fantasy VII is forgettable. It's got a like. It, it's got a. I mean, I know it's a. I know we're talking about the Final Fantasy franchise, but like, there's a lot of nonsensical plot stuff going on, even by Final Fantasy standards. I feel. Yeah. In Final Fantasy VII, and it also definitely suffers from early 3D graphics syndrome, like really bad. Yeah. Well, that doesn't bother me. I've never been a graphics snob, but um, it. Oh, everyone! Oh, hype hypes up. You know. Oh man, Sephiroth is uh, this great villain. Okay. Yeah, I, don't, I don't. I don't get that at all. I don't. I don't yeah, know why like, is so iconic. He's just like a, you know, he's a, a person throwing a temper tantrum and then just like walks away and you don't see him do anything for like the entire fucking game. And then he just kind of shows up and is like, hey, what up? So he's a, like, he's, a he's a Bishonen with um with with an interesting theme song. But his his 
motivation is murky at best. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. It's like, it really oh yeah, I'm, I'm actually one of the first ones, so I must kill the world because... Because thing. Because reasons. Because that way I can join the live stream and and migrate to another planet. I think that was his deal. Yeah. his mother didn't make I mean, sense. His mo- well, it wasn't also... Also, it wasn't technically... Genova wasn't really technically his mother either, but that's... Like, the more you research into the game, the less it makes sense. Yeah. Also, they killed Aerith, and that is bullshit. I just didn't give a shit at all. I'll, I'll be honest. I was mad because she was. It was my my party consisted of Cloud, Aerith, and Tifa doing all the you know like, and then they took away my healer, which pissed me off. Oh, that's all she could do. Like she sucked she was everything. damn good at it though too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but in that game it helped. <laughs> you know. Um, but the game had so much hype, and everyone was like, "Oh man, Cloud, such a great protagonist." What? Uh, well, yeah. The more you get to know about him, he's a okay. fake. I, I don't know, you know who I don't know who these people are you talk to, but I never this, heard that. This was They're probably people who first only got past you, know, who barely got out of Shinra City or some shit. Well, you you also have to keep in mind that this was two thousand two or so. Mm-hmm. Right around you mean when you were playing. Yeah, it? about two thousand two when I was playing it. So this was eighteen or fuck nineteen years ago now. The internet, while it was a thing. <laughs> was not so nearly as much of a thing as it as it is now. So a lot of this a lot of the hype around it was more word of actual mouth than internet yeah. forum but like people are like oh yeah cloud he's 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 cool because he's like he's edgy and and, and he has a big ass sword and he's American he God. just doesn't care you guys. Yeah there <laughs> So I cannot tell you how many times um, I, you know, cause doing LARPing, I can't yeah. tell you how many times people showed up with Cloud's sword like that. I always <clears> thought <throat> the sword design was really stupid. It's all like blocky and dumb. Yeah. Well that, and uh, you know, watching people try to use that thing. Oh my God. I mean, the thing's a big, heavy ass, you know, um, chunk of, even if you're doing it with foam, it's big, it's bulky, and ungainly. It just yeah. It's funny. Seven like seven was a great game, but I feel like the like the like the dialogue and the characters and all the stuff that was like most interesting to me was all the stuff that people <clears throat> didn't pay attention to. Like people focused on the uninteresting stuff. Like oh, it's Cloud and Sephiroth, and it's like yeah. okay. And and here then was the icing on the cake for me with disappointing game with with disappointing things about Final Fantasy seven. I despise the materia system. Ah, uh, well, that's going to be a make or break thing then, because that is, yeah, that is something you are. <laughs> I don't <laughs> like materia managing. Yeah, I don't well, I like the having to. An eight was stupid. You know, it really kind of is. I liked eight more than I liked seven, but in but in retrospect, eight's not all that great either. I mean, honestly, I think eight had a dumber story in some ways because it was like, hey, look, we're all just from the same orphanage. What? Yeah, yeah that was that was like, like man, I don't know game. how. What, what? What? How can we make? How can we make our children of destiny children of destiny? Yeah, it was very uh, contrived and silly, and it had a lot of weird plotting stuff too. It's like, oh, yeah. we're in a dream now, and who are these other characters? Well, but that's just Final Fantasy in general, I guess. Well, that that was that was a problem that SquareSoft had in the PlayStation era of RPGs. Yeah. Going back to my original complaint about Chrono Cross, the story was so pretentious. The thing that always sticks out to me was this what was a monologue by the main by the main villain who turns out to not actually be the main villain at the very end of the game, um talking about how human beings 
are simply spermatozoa trying to impregnate the earth. Oh, like a bunch we... of faux philosophical mumbo jumbo. That is really dumb. And all of the other Squaresoft game, Squares, a lot of the other Squaresoft um, PlayStation RPGs ran into similar problems where the where where they had this desire to make the story more than like to Quite to make the story deep. deep or grand. Yes. Yeah. Like and, episode seven had a lot of like like well, I mean, this has been a recurring thing in the franchise. Mm-hmm. To be fair, but like a lot of faux half baked environmental shit. Like, oh my gosh, we're bleeding the earth dry with our techno city. Uh, it's like, yeah, oh, okay, this is very one dimensional and like right. not uninteresting. Yeah, and I think part of the reason for that, part of the reason that 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 it failed so badly. And admittedly, I I will admit that I am biased towards Final Fantasy VI. Um, I can buy arguments that there are other games that are better. Um, four and nine uh, spring to mind. Yeah, those those are both solid. Um, twelve is is I found twelve to be quite enjoyable, and my absolute uh, and my actual favorite Final Fantasy game is still Final Fantasy Tactics: War of the Lion. But a lot of people can't. But you also it's hard to count that because it's a very very different game. Well, that's like my other acceptable answer when when I when when I ask like what is the best Final Fantasy game? Like any version of Tactics, I will also accept alongside six. Yeah, and they're I very different games. Tactics. They're really good. <laughs> you know. And if you don't like tech, like well, if you don't and, like the gameplay, then yeah, I mean, yeah, if you don't like it, it then, then congratulations. It's you like don't Neil like it, Materia. But, yeah, I don't like Materia, which is the, but but to get back to my rant about Final Fantasy seven, um, I can't. I got to Final Fantasy seven on a PlayStation, an original PlayStation, on an original disc, which I wish I could kept because man, have those become valuable. Indeed. But no, I, I traded it in because. I didn't enjoy it, and I bought. I want to say I bought Legend of Dragoon, which is a really good game, and I enjoy playing and still have my copy of. Uh, in fact, I have two copies now. Somehow, I don't yeah. know how I acquired the second copy, but um, quick, shout out, quick shout out for uh, disappointing Final Fantasy stuff. Uh, basically, any Final Fantasy game on the Game Boy, they were just terrible and weird. Should be pointed out, like Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy Adventure on the Game Boy is actually not a Final Fantasy game. It's the first game in the Mana series. Hmm. Yeah, I remember hearing that. I was really more referring to that. That's the exception, though. I'm talking about the yeah. Legend series. That's fair. But, that was another um, thing where it was like, it was the gameplay was, it, it was confusing as to far as like what you were supposed to actually fucking do. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't, they came to the cardinal sin of not like clearly giving you like prompts as far as like where you're supposed to go or what to do next. Yeah, that's all. Never actually beat the game. Yeah, it was weird. But yeah, I, I was... I was in the process of of playing through the Final Fantasy games in order. So another reason that Final Fantasy VII was so disappoint is because it was coming on the heels of Final Fantasy VI, which has an amazing story, has a lot of very emotional points, and it's so damn good. Much better character and, development, which is impressive considering there were significantly more characters. Yeah, <laughs> and the villain had, like... Like, yes, he was also an emo, sad, I want to destroy everything, but he was a nihilist. Right. Um, he was like the and, Joker in Final Fantasy, basically. Yeah, he had... He was cool. His motivation for wanting to destroy to destroy all of existence made sense from as long as you, as long as you understood his twisted point of view. Sephiroth doing what he was doing 
Did right. also Dancing Mad is better than One Winged Angel, and that is not that it is not a fight that you will that you will win against me. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> You'll get no argument here. Oh, um, I should I need to take a moment um, because this is probably my um, my biggest FF7 was your biggest personal disappointment. My biggest personal so disappointment. Aliens, Colonial Marines. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. I know I'm in good company here. Yes. Uh, and it's not controversial at all. But I got to the reason why it's especially ridiculous for me is because the one and only PAX show I attended PAX Prime in Seattle in 2012. What? You went was, to PAX? Yeah, I mentioned it a few times. It's almost like me talking about going <clears throat> to uh, to Japan. So. Well, it's not like it's a humble brag. It's literally relevant to the conversation. I, I, I know it's it's. If you're gonna judge me about about any time I bring up my Japan, my one and only Japan trip, <laughs> I will I will it's 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 like the obligatory Ben is old joke, the obligatory Mike mentions PAX, and the obligatory Neil mentions Japan uh, so, <laughs> because yeah. it does come up a lot. So there was uh, there was a there was a like live version of the game that was going to slated to come out pretty quickly. It was I want to say it was like January of 2013 is when it slated mm -hmm. to come out, and it came out roughly around there, maybe early Feb, within a month of the projected release date. Anyway, um, so you know it was like early August, the first week in August packs. Um, so they had like a very you know like new build of the game and. Um, it was just it was like the multiplayer version. It was basically like Left for Dead but aliens and Marines and it was really fucking fun and it was great. I'm like, oh what a great premise. Like the chocolate of Left for Dead gameplay and the peanut butter of the Aliens franchise. I'm all I'm all about it. I'm into it, you know. Mm -hmm. And I played it and it was legit fun. I was like, Oh yeah, this is cool. And uh I even waited a ridiculously long period of time to like get in one of those loading things and get a picture of me like being assailed by an alien in the loader thing, which was cool, but I nice. mean, yeah. Um so you know after that, like, you know, there's there's a there's a good amount of buzz and they're keeping the fact they're they're keeping I don't know how they kept this a secret that the game was a fucking dog turd like dumpster fire, like and they had no idea what they were doing. Like like they were like, you know, uh putting out these like fake demos and stuff. Like it was a con job, basically. And there are lawsuits that flew around after it. But anyway, yes, the point were. is, um, I was Hello. totally stoked uh, for many valid reasons. Uh, everything I'd heard and seen and experienced uh, firsthand was very positive. Mm -hmm. And then it came out and um, I'm glad I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't just buy it full price. I actually did what I usually do, which is wait a little while and see what the consensus is. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just like this immediate, just like, like the gaming community and websites like they're all just collectively vomiting there's like this is one of the worst games we've ever seen ever on like every front and here's why and just have these laundry lists of how buggy it was and how unplayable it was and how disappointing it was and how false all of the things leading up to it were it was just i was just flabbergasted with like the discrepancy between what i had seen leading up to it and the actual state of the game was released do you remember the uh the story that broke uh that pro that broke two and a half years ago about a modder who uh fixed a lot of the problems in the game with us. Oh yeah, you mentioned this where you changed like one little blip of code and it just so, it was night and day. <laughs> so, like um, go, going to the going to the article on Polygon on about real quick. Um they, they, you couldn't uh, they they say you don't really call it fixed because it's still, you know, a bit of a problem, but yeah. There is a line of code in the game that says um um attach pawn to um to tether. T-E-A-T-H-E-R. As opposed to tether. As opposed to tether. 
that A, removing that A from the code, and then recompiling it and running the game makes it so that instead of the um, aliens standing around or dancing or doing whatever things, they actually, you know, like, act intelligently and attempt to flank and surprise and are somewhat dangerous. Yeah. Act like one letter killed the entire enemy AI. <laughs> now there were still many other bugs and glitches with the game, but the guy managed to make the AI actually act like it was supposed to. Just by fitting, removing the letter was a one was half of AI. letter from the game. Right now. Yeah. The artificial in AI. Mm-hmm. I know we're just about out of time, but quick shout out for command and conquer Four being a total piece of shit. That was not representative of the franchise whatsoever. I never played uh, CNC four, so I can't really speak <clears throat> to that. So I'll have to take your word for it. I did yeah. not like red alert three. Mm-hmm. Although Jim Curry as um, not Jim Curry, Tim Curry. I don't know who Jim Curry is. Oh yeah. Well, Tim Curry is, you know, fucking amazing. And Jim Curry yeah. as, as the, as the Russian uh, guy. It had some great. <laughs> Yeah, it had some great, ridiculous, um, you know, you had, what, what else did you have in there? You had, um, I'm drawing a blank here. You had a lot of, uh, oh, it was um, George Takai. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he, he was great in that too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was good, but it wasn't, I will grant you, it was not as good as the first two. Yeah. Iron it was, Fist it was good. a step back. Yeah, basically Iron Fist good. Oh, um, other, not nearly as bad as... Uh, aliens colonial marines but other personal gaming disappointment um yoshi story for nintendo 64 i played yoshi's island one of the best mario games ever aside from the the crying which is one of the most yeah yoshi's island is so good you have to play it on mute if you're not good at the game but um but yeah yoshi's island is so fucking good one of the best platformers of all time and then i played yoshi's story and i'm like okay so this is kind of dumbed down and generic and oh oh, the game's over like five minutes later the game's already over and i'm like what what was that like they're, it was super they're... short and uninteresting and a big step back. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Yoshi's Island, uh, but Nintendo 64 style. I'm like, this is going to be fucking amazing. And then I played mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, well, that was a barely worth a rental. Like, that I'm was very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I love how we age ourselves the, the rental <laughs> renting a game. Well, I mean, there's uh, still Redbox. I mean, technically, you can still rent games on Gamefly. And yeah, that's more Which like a still old exist. school Netflix model. Yeah. Of course, mm-hmm. they have been, you know, dipping their toe more and more into the, uh, into the, like streaming and whatnot, the digital stuff over the years. Yeah. Uh, um, That's all I got. Yeah. No. Really, the big, the big one that I, 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 I suggested the topic, and then I sat down to try and think of, okay, what can I say? And I was like, oh, I got all oh, right. Final Fantasy VII. Oh, obligatory spore reference. Yeah. Seven like, oh, place spore. Going to change the game, yeah. and then it was just kind of. Eh. My yeah. thing was, I did a lot of, I've, I've done a lot of old school gaming in my time. Um, and as a result, a lot, like, with the exception of Final Fantasy VII, which is why I went off on it like I did, um, a lot, that, you, once a game's, you know, 10 or 15 years old, it, uh, there, there's, there's generally a pretty well set up consensus over, is the game any good? Oh, you know what? I'd say Final Fantasy Thirteen gets an honorable mention for having like a twenty-hour fucking tutorial, basically. Like, what the hell was that? Uh, you you could also give that honorable that that's a similar honorable mention to Kingdom Hearts Two. I really like Kingdom Hearts One. Kingdom Hearts Two is honestly, I think, a better game, but the initial tutorial is mostly unskippable cutscenes the first time you play it. 
uh, we should add uh, add that to the um, add that to the episode ideas is all about tutorials, good, bad, and the ugly. There have been some really cool ones and some really shitty ones, some really forgettable ones. I'd say a good example of a good tutorial is Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines. I can agree with that. Uh, we'll, 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 but uh, that is definitely going on the list because I agree that is a good episode idea. Um, but no, Final Fantasy, or Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts 2 had the problem of, okay, go, okay, here is a five-minute cutscene. Now, go into the next room. Here is another five-minute cutscene. Yeah, combining that with a clunky tutorial, that's the worst of both worlds. And it was unskippable, and the, the, and the worst sin of it all, you for the entire tutorial, you weren't even playing as Sora, yeah. the main character of the game. Is it, I think this is the one that uh, MC Chris rants about, where it's like, Roxas. <laughs> yes. Roxas for some reason. Yeah, and yeah. unless you had played the... Unless you had played the Game Boy game that nobody played, you had no fucking clue what was going on. Oh, we can add that to the list too. Um, best and worst cutscenes, cinematics, etc. So yeah, like I, I like I like Kingdom Hearts too a lot. I think it's a good game, but man, they just like the first. It's like two hours long, and that that first two hours is is such a pain it's like trying to get through the first episode of serial experiments lane well it's uh it's one of those tragic things where you have like a really good game but like you have that that difficult intro period where a lot of people are just gonna like shrug their shoulders and move on <laughs> yeah it's... it's like there's so many other people that could have mm -hmm. enjoyed an amazing game but mm -hmm. you just didn't quite pull off the beginning and then there you go and yeah it's it's like it's like one of my favorite anime which animes which is really solid it's what i just mentioned serial experiments lane but if you just judge it by the first episode, which is what a lot of people end up watching, you're like, I one, you don't get it, and two, it's boring because it's Lane is such a slow burn that it's really like, man, I love that. I need to rewatch that. Uh, <laughs> my position here, um, no, actually, I mean, Fallout seventy six, that in the sky was one of my uh, biggest disappointments. Second shake, uh, because apparently in an update. Mm -hmm. In updates, but was a real issue to begin with. But yeah, now they fixed it. Well, that's great. But um, you know, getting to that point, you know, and of course, a lot of games anymore are starting out in beta. You know. Yeah, and I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to to have a game be early access, mm -hmm. at least have the balls to call it an early access title. Right. Exactly. Like if 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 it if you're going to not have the game, um. If if your game's not good, not fully done yet, <clears throat> then be upfront about it. Because um, a lot of, especially if you do that and be like, "Look, this is what this is what we've got. Here's what we're working on. We need more money," right. because that's really what early access should be. Triple mm -hmm. A games should never come out in early access. But a lot of places do. If you if you're doing early access right and be like, "Look, seriously, please help us make this game as good as it as we know it can be." Right. That's uh, you know, that that's that's fair. That's legitimate. Right. So so then one question. How does Cyberpunk 2077 rate in disappointing games? So that's a good question because here's the thing. I wasn't particularly disappointed by it. Mm -hmm. Um I quite enjoyed it, bugs and all. Mm -hmm. Cuz I felt that the core gameplay and the world were 
good enough. Like like the the bugs did not distract me from how from how nicely built the world, how well realized the world was, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and from what you could do in the gameplay. The the gunplay was excellent. The uh, the hacking was mostly fun. Mm-hmm. Um, like I haven't played it, so I'll yeah. reserve judgment. But yeah, that is a good point, Ben. That is that's an obvious one that a lot of people mm-hmm. are going to be disappointed by. I also Pardon? played it on a PC mm-hmm. that has that th- that was capable of running it on high spec, except for ray tracing, and streaming it to Twitch at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I have a different set of um like i i i look at it differently different frame of reference than, yeah. right, than... Exactly. well see this is yeah. the thing is that um with games with different platforms and versions that's going to be relevant to like mm-hmm. if it's a disappointment and to what degree it's a disappointment because sometimes uh games just get ported um or like designed for platforms that just they have no business being yeah on. like they shouldn't have even tried to release it on the ps4 and the xbox 360 right or xbox one or whatever the hell yeah, Xbox One. <laughs> whatever, whatever version, whatever number Some Xbox would say it might as well be today. the 360 at that point. <laughs> whatever number Xbox is on these days, like the next one, most confusing fucking naming system. Ever. What what is the current? It's like the Xbox One S. I, I will I will always give Sony credit for just going, hey, we fucking add one, deal with it. Yes, you know, <laughs> right. Like well, it never run out of numbers. One is the PlayStation Five. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, and you know, and the thing is, is then you could go with the Windows uh, numbering system, uh, oh or the you know yeah. the Samsung and Apple numbering system. You know, hey, yeah. we're at, you know we're at ten. Let's go to twenty next. You know, that must yeah. be. By the way, I think we have to give Windows the award for most confusing fucking naming system because it's like they came out with Windows two thousand and Windows Millennium Edition, and it's like, what the fuck does that mean? Right. <laughs> like the casual observer is not gonna have any fucking clue. It's true. Yeah. Uh, that um, is a topic for another day. Yeah, but but to so but to finish answering your questions, I don't know. I enjoyed it, so I wasn't disappointed. Right. Could it have been better? Absolutely. There are a few things that I really wanted in that game that I didn't get, mm-hmm. like the ability to change my appearance after the initial customization. I think it's probably fair to say that Cyberpunk probably rests somewhere in the in the realm of disappointment to big disappointment as opposed to biggest disappointment. Yeah, right. As you get into in that first, stratosphere. Personal disappointment. Yeah. It, yeah, it, like th- there are things about it that could have been better. There are things that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I look it, forward it, to kind of seeing what they do. Like mm-hmm. CD Projekt Red has been pretty good. Like ha- was was good with The Witcher Two and The Witcher Three about good post game support. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that they can follow through on that, and they also like did a lot of like with The Witcher Three. They did a lot of free updates, and then two actual like paid DLC things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm hoping that they will continue that business model and essentially are able to put behind them the we got to get it out the door by Christmas. Fortunately, they have bought themselves a lot of goodwill throughout the years. Oh man, did they have to, oh man, did they spend so much of it though. Yeah, talk about expending capital, good lord. <laughs> Social capital in that case. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll talk about something else next time. We've got episode ideas in place. Things we've got stuff. a we've got a bunch of we've got a big long list. Uh Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be coming up here in another three or four weeks. A long ass time from now. Review. <laughs> Ultimately. Three three or four episodes at, at our at our pace because it's only I think a six episode series. Right. But um it's his grief. Um but 
I haven't watched any of it yet because I don't watch. I binge, so I don't watch episodically. Um, so this is, this is becoming a you've been to PAX thing. It's like <laughs> yes, we know you're the binger. We binge. Well, you know, I live alone and I have no one, and I have nothing else to do. So I don't like having to wait weeks between doing stuff. And I can do all the stuff at once. Right, exactly. And I have no one, and I have no one to answer to in my schedule except for my employer. So <laughs> also true. Why? Why was my left eyebrow so extended? Oh, well. Um, add it to the episode ideas. The, <laughs> eyebrow issues. Why? Why is my left eyebrow cocked? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> what um, has it got in its pockets? Oh man, that reminds me. <laughs> Sorry, it reminds me of a uh, uh, YouTube video I watched. Um, there's another running gag. Neil watched a random YouTube video um, of some, I can't remember who it was, on uh, Colbert's show. It was Ryan Gosling on uh, on Colbert's show asking, uh, challenging Stephen Colbert to a uh, to a Tolkien question, which, if you don't know, Stephen oh, yeah. Colbert is such a... One of the biggest Tol- Tolkien no. nerds of all time. No. Um don't ask him the Tolkien question, Tolkien trivia. He was there when it was written. I got it. I, but there was such a great question. Ryan Gosling's mom wrote a question for him. And it, it it's setting up to be a really basic softball question. It's like, so they go to the Mines of Moria. This, this archway appears and you have to speak a password to get into the, you know, to open up the mines. Um, what page does the, does the archway appear on? Uh, <laughs> which... <laughs> Of course, he doesn't. He didn't know because it also depends on which printing of the book are you looking. Yeah, um, but like the way Ryan uh, sets it up, it's he, he gets it like a minute of build up to. You're pretty sure they're going to ask what's the Elvish word for friend, Melong. But then it's out of left field, which then someone said in the comments this is like said this is like asking what's in my pocket in the middle of a riddle off. <laughs> <laughs> What I got in my pocket? Well, uh, we should go ahead and cut it off. I am going to go. I have to get up bright and early tomorrow to uh, have them stick electrodes in my wrist and cause me extreme pain. Um, like a black. Because uh, they get to find out what's wrong with uh, with my what ulnar nerve, which means I, I get a, uh, a nerve conduction study. I'll tell you all about it next time. This has been Neil. The one true Ben. And Mike. And we'll talk to you next time. On Geek Fanthology. I'll see if I can get Craig to leave. Out. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It is brought to you by a letter and a number. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If there was interstitial music in this episode, it'll be listed in the doobly-doo. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it in your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. If you're listening on Spotify, please follow us, etc., etc. Anything that you can do to help boost the signal and work the algorithm to make us more discoverable is appreciated. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website or a reoccurring one on Patreon at patreon.com slash theory. A final thought. This outro is recorded in advance, and you may never hear it. It kind of depends on whether Neil has time to record a regular outro for an episode or if something gets in the way.